Welcome to Fellowship Podcast. We're so excited you tuned in. For more information about who we are, check out our website at fbclife.org. Thanks for listening. Well, again, good morning. We're glad that you're here. And for those of you who are guesting with us, we are honored to have you at Fellowship today. And uh, we're thankful that you've chosen to worship with us. Uh, Today is, as Justin just mentioned, the conclusion of our WITH series. It's been about 11 weeks long, and it's been a great series to to walk through, uh, walking through these series with Jesus. But before I begin, I'd like to give a little bit of a shout-out today to the Logan Rogersville Varsity High School football team. They've had a great season, a great run. Isn't that right, Laura? And uh, they ended uh, their season this past Friday night. They lost, but in the process of that, they won the Big Eight Conference East Conference Championship. And that hasn't—they haven't been at that level of play for a number of years. In fact, I think since 2003. So let's let's give it up for the Wildcats, yeah. Well, today uh, we want to walk through these uh, scriptures with us, and I'd like to begin uh, with a responsive reading. So I'm going to ask you to stand, and and when I said responsive reading, I just bless the heart of every Lutheran, Presbyterian, and Episcopalian in the room. Isn't that right? Yeah, let's stand, all right? Now, I'm going to read a a passage of scripture, a portion, and then you will read together in unison. Sydney's going to lead us. It's going to be here on the screen, okay? So let's begin with Psalm 95. He says, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We are blessed by your presence. We sense you here in our hearts, in our song, in the word. Lord, we want to honor you with our lives today. Lord, thank you. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Now today, as we conclude the WIFT series, it's on a topic that's very near and dear to my heart. As a guy who led worship for 42 years, it's on the the theme of worship, with worship. What does it look like to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth? And first of all, I think we need to define what worship is. Worship is anything that we give our affection and our attention to. Now, today we're going to be talking about what does biblical worship look like? It looks like, but I also want to share this thought with you that worship is, again, anything that we give our attention or affection to. It could be our career. It could be our family. It could be our spouse. It could be a hobby that we dearly love. It could be our education. It could be accomplishment. It could be all different kinds of things. But today, I'd like for us to look at the whys of biblical worship. And there are five that I want to share with you. Uh, Whys are important. Because our whys determine our ways. Our whys determine our ways. So this morning, I'm going to address these five uh, worship whys. Uh, We worship the Lord. The first reason why we worship Him is because 
God asks us to praise him. It's simple. He asks us to praise him. Now, this is a bit countercultural to what we're used to, because typically what we experience is, is uh, wait, wait, I, don't, I, I agree with God, I, I, I agree with this point in the Bible, but there's this part that I'm not really crazy about. There's this thing that I have a disagreement with God about, all right? I want to let you know God, God is our boss. He's, he's not a suggester. He's not an, I want to imply this. God is our God, and we worship him because he asks us to worship him. Now, we may disagree with God, but when we take that position, we take the position that mm, I'm kind of in, but I'm not all in, then what I would say to you, he's no longer our God. He's not our God. God, at that point, becomes nothing more than a convenient prop or a concrete statue in our garden in the front yard. That's what we've relegated God to, and that is not God. Psalm 150 is replete. In fact, the word psalms means songs. The reason we know God asks us to and because it's important to him is because worship is a big deal to God. It matters to God. In fact, Psalm 150 is on the screen. It says this, um, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with the timbrel, the tambourine, and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the uh, clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And then the scripture doubles down and says, praise the Lord. Now this word praise is, is one of seven words, of seven Hebrew words, and it's, it's the word halal, all right? It, it means this. It means to shine. It means to shine. Hence, to make a show, to boast, and thus to be clamorously foolish, to rave, to celebrate. My goodness, that sounds like Arrowhead Stadium on a Sunday afternoon. Am I right? Woo! Yeah! Go get them! Don't stop now! Fourth and two, go for it! Clamorously foolish. Are you with me on this? Are you with me? So not only did God ask us to worship him, there's a second reason, because praise is why he made us. We were made, we were created for a purpose. God didn't just make us and send us out and say, hey, good luck, you're on your own. He made us with great intent. And I would be quick to say the church, I love you, I love you. The church isn't always, it's not about us. It's not about us. Now, we enjoy fellowship. We enjoy equipping, training, teaching, children. We enjoy high school students, mid-school students, young adults, senior adults, medium adults. We enjoy all that. But church isn't all about us. In fact, we come here this morning, today, for him. It's for him. 1 Peter 2.9 says, You are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Woo! 
Hey, let's make that more personal. I'm going to read it again. But I am a chosen people. I am a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. I am God's special possession that I may declare the praises of him who called me out of darkness into his wonderful light. Man, if you got your Bible a little bit, underline that. He called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Hey, think about that for just a moment. Let that sink in from anger, from anguish, the inner turmoil, pain, disappointment, time, and again. He called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Wow. Think on that. Sink down into that. He asked us to worship him. He created us for a purpose of worshiping him. And another reason, the third reason why. Why? For who he is. Psalm 145, 3 says, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Psalm 48, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. In the city of our God, his holy mountain, great is the Lord, Psalm 96 says, and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all the gods. Above all the gods. This means he has no equal. It means he is great. There is none greater than our God. That God is worthy of all our praise. That God is above all else. That God dwells in holy perfection. That God is righteous. That God is good. And God is always good. And he never stops being good. The reason why we worship him is just for who he is. He's our God. He is our God. We set him before our hearts and our lives. Fourth reason, for what he has done, for what God has done. Now, sometimes when we think about what God has really done for us, we can't help but become physically demonstrative in how we express our, our thankfulness to the Lord, our gratitude to him for all that he has done for us. Yeah, in fact, there are ways to uh, express that. It's the lifting of hands in worship. The picture of surrender. It is, I'm coming to you, Lord. There's nothing between us. I'm giving my all. I'm giving my life to you. There's a little bit of a, a, a not a rule, but kind of an idea that we express here in, in different times. It's this. If somebody stands next to you and they lift their hands, and you don't, don't think less of the person standing next to you lifting their hands. And if you lift your hands and the person next to you doesn't, don't think less of them. Yeah? We're here just, we're here worshiping in different ways. One way is to lift our hands to him. Another one is to clap and shout. It's clap and shout and even say amen. Now, I think we only got one amener in the room, and it's Barry. All right? Barry's the amener. Yeah? We love Barry. Amen. With all my heart, I want it to be so. Lord, I'm agreeing with you. Yes and yes. Another way we express our uh, emotions to the Lord is this. Sometimes I'll be listening to you worship or watching you worship. I'll just kind of glance and I'll see tears coming down the, the eyes, just pouring down the cheeks. An expression of surrender, an expression of God, you have done so much for me and I am so thankful. Now this next one, while I enjoy lifting hands, uh, I, I like this one the best. 
It's just a simple yes, yes, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. I love that. It's just an agreement, a, t- a tone that says, God, go, go. Why? Why do we offer these to the Lord? I'll tell you why. Because we were once addicted. We were once drunkards. We were once unholy, wandering, and Jesus took us in. He healed us. We were in prison, and Jesus set us free. We were selfish and prideful, but Jesus broke us and made us selfless and humble, usable for him. There are marriages that have been healed or sitting in this room. A husband or a wife said, get out. I don't want you in the house anymore. And Jesus said, come on, come home, come to me. Children, some children have run away from God and Jesus rescued and adopted them and saved them and brought the prodigals home. There were some who were suicidal and Jesus said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Come to me, come to me. That's why we have a heart of gratitude. In fact, in Luke 7, there's a story. It tells a story about uh, Jesus encounters this woman. She washes Jesus' feet with this expensive perfume, with her tears, and with her hair. And she gains criticism for this action of worship towards Jesus from a Pharisee. And you can just see the Pharisee, mm, I, I don't think this is really appropriate. I'm not sure this is what this moment really calls for. Shouldn't we be a little bit more dignified in how we worship the Lord? She faces this criticism, but Jesus responds, he who has been forgiven much loves much. He who has been forgiven much loves much. What's Jesus saying here? Hey, number one, either you haven't been forgiven, you've never really been forgiven, or you've been forgiven and you've just forgotten. Our worship becomes sweeter every day, sweeter when we have an attitude of gratitude. Jesus, I can't believe that you would use me. I can't believe that you allow me to stand here. I can't believe that you would allow me to lead my life group. I can't believe that you would use me in the opportunity of now to pray. I can't believe that you would use me. Luke 19, verses 37, says, tells a story of the whole crowd of disciples burst into enthusiastic praise over all the mighty works they had witnessed. And some Pharisees uh, from the crowd told Jesus, hey, teacher, you better get control here. This is getting way out of bounds. Get it under control. But he said, if they keep quiet, the stones will do it for them, shouting praise. Hey, fellowship, I want to tell you something. Ain't no rock. This is terrible English. Ain't no rock going to praise him louder than me. I'm not going to default that to some piece of stone. God made me to worship him. I will worship him in spirit and in truth. In fact, in North Carolina, there's a marine base, Camp Lejeune. And in Camp Lejeune, the military base sits close to the interstate and neighborhoods. And it's where they do training, flight training. And the F-16s fly over the neighborhoods and they land. And as they come in for the land, they're very noisy. They're very noisy, and it's a bit disconcerting. What's, what's that? 
Well, they eventually put a sign out by the highway, and it says, pardon our noise. It's the sound of freedom. Hey, church, pardon our noise. Pardon our noise here on Sunday morning. As the band kicks it off, they begin to lead us in worship. Pardon our noise. What you're listening to is a heart of gratitude. It is the sound of freedom. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad you're free today? Amen. Number five, the last why. Because worship changes everything. Worship changes everything. What does worship do? Joe and I, Miss Joe and I, as we drive up the highway uh, coming to, on Sundays, we always, always seem to hit this playlist. And do not judge me. It's, do not judge me. It's Michael W. Smith, all right? And so it's kind of old, and so I'm listening to it. And it's songs like Above All, and it's just songs that worship the Lord and uh, worthy of every worship. Yeah? So it's all those songs. And we just listen to them because we know that we are in a space that is easy to become tempted, tested, and tried. Can I be real honest with you? Some of our most coarse words, and I'm at fault, happen on a Sunday morning. And I believe it's because the enemy knows where I'm headed. When we're up against a struggle that shatters all our dreams and our hopes have been cruelly crushed by Satan's manifested schemes, and we feel the urge within us to submit to earthly fear, don't let the faith you're standing in seem to disappear. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He can work through those who praise him. Praise the Lord. For our God inhabits praise. There's a black leather chair here. God inhabits praise. When we praise him, that's where he sits. That's where he gets comfortable. That is his home. So today, worship changes everything. Worship is a powerful spiritual weapon. Psalm 18 verse 3 says this, I called on the Lord. I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise, and he saved me from my enemies. Well, there's a question I think we probably need to answer here is what's the difference between praise and worship? Praise and worship, we kind of use them interchangeably. What's the difference between the two? Well, First of all, we have to know in Psalms 100, it says that we are to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Praise is when we walk in the room and the first song we sing is, is very horizontal. Our God is good. God is awesome. Isn't he good? Aren't you thankful for what he's done? I just appreciate our Lord so much. That's what TJ leads us in as we prepare to worship. Now, that is praise. It's horizontal. But worship is vertical. Worship is vertical. While praise is horizontal, and it says, isn't God awesome? Worship says, God, you are awesome. You are awesome. One of the guys who influences me on our staff and helps me encounter God in worship week by week by week, and he's faithful to do it, is my lead worshiper. It's TJ Stores. I want to invite TJ to the stage and take just a moment to interview TJ. TJ's been with us here at Fellowship for about three years. Let's give him a great Fellowship welcome this morning. Yeah. TJ, good to have you here, man. Feels like I'm on Jimmy Fallon. You are. You are. Hey, man, I'm so glad to have you here today, and I thought it would be a great opportunity today talking about worship to interview the worship guy. 
So my, my first question to you is this. All of us have people who influence us, who speak into our souls, our lives, our minds, our hearts. My question to you is, who are the influential leaders in TJ Storr's life in the context of worship? I could talk about it for a while because there's a lot of people that God has put in my life. Um, but to name a couple of local guys, um, the church that Sarah and I came from, my wife Sarah and I came from before coming here was Graceway. And the worship guy there, his name's John uh, Williams, not to be confused with the uh, score for Star Wars. <laughs> score writer. Uh, John's awesome. He, um, he taught me a lot, and something that I really uh, have taken to heart was that uh, uh, what we sing matters. And so John is very particular about what is being sung, um, and uh, he really showed me that uh, emotions can be drawn from um, just understanding the truth in the lyrics that's being sung, and not uh, it doesn't have to be um, from lights or production um, that lyrics draw emotion. Uh, the other guy that really uh, has still continues to be a friend today is my buddy Micah Abishan. Yeah, uh, he was a local guy at Ridgecrest, and um, uh, Micah he just pushes me to to be excellent in everything that I do always uh, pushing me to be better, which I super appreciate because uh, everyone needs someone to push them to be better. And uh, push me to be better musically, vocally, musically. And uh, he's just, he has shown me by example what it means to be genuine on and off stage. And I think he's one of the most genuine guys uh, that I know. Yeah, these guys are influencers. But they also provide bumpers, kind of guardrails. Mm -hmm. So what are the guardrails that guide you and press you further into leading us in authentic worship every week? Mm -hmm. uh, there's two passages that come to mind. Um, the first one is in um, Exodus 32 through 34 in the Old Testament. So um, just picture Moses is on Mount Sinai uh, talking to God, getting the Ten Commandments, and uh, the Israelites and his brother Aaron are on the bottom of the mountain, and the Israelites are getting impatient, and they're getting upset. And so they go to his brother Aaron, and they say, Aaron, uh, we need to worship something. Can you make us a? Uh, can you make us something to worship? And so uh, Aaron, it doesn't say why he says yes, but he says yes. I think he says yes because um, he thinks he's doing a, he thinks he's doing something good. He thinks he's worshiping God, representing God. So he takes all their gold, melts it down into a calf, and uh, says, and this is the scary part, but he says, "This is your God, little G, uh, O Israel, the one who has delivered you from Egypt." And when I, every time I read that, I'm like, yikes, like he just said that. Um, and of course, God gets mad. He gets upset because he's like, no, this is not how I'm represented. This is not how, this is not me. Like, why are you worshiping this thing? Uh, God cares how he's worshiped. He cares how he's represented. And so uh, to me, relatably, I think it matters how we represent God and how we represent his character in our songs. Um, we don't pull an Aaron and think we're doing something good, but we're actually misrepresenting him. Uh, and so I think scriptural lyrics matter, and uh, how we represent God in our song matters. Uh, the other verse that comes to mind is Colossians uh, 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching um, with wisdom and admonishing or warning or advising um, each other in song, uh, spiritual songs, hymns, um, psalms, uh, with thanksgiveness in your hearts. And so... Um, my wife uh, gets bugged by me because I listen to music all the time at the house, and sometimes she gets songs stuck in her head. I think it's a win when someone comes up to me and says, uh, hey, the song that we've been singing in church is stuck in my head. 
Uh, it's a win because you're reminding yourself of truth, yeah. I mean, over and over again. And so um, I think what that scripture, what Paul's trying to get at is uh, when we, we can use music to remind ourselves of truth. And so that's another thing that I think about when, when we sing songs is that uh, we can remind ourselves of truth. We can teach, warn each other um, of truth, and it should provoke this sense of thankfulness mm-hmm. in our hearts for everything that God's done. Amen. Hey, TJ, I know you planned several weeks in advance, and I know it's a bit like warm jello in the fridge. Sometimes it takes shape, and sometimes, you know, it's it's one of those processes that you're always leaning into and saying, is this the right song for the moment? As you think about worship and leading Lori Hanner in worship on Sunday, all right? As you think about leading her in worship, what are the thoughts in the week preceding Sunday? What are the thoughts and ideas that are permeating your heart? Yeah, um, well, as a band, each week we pray for not only our own hearts as we lead worship, but we pray for the church's hearts, uh, that God would be preparing hearts for worship and for the message. Um, but I, I think about uh, how, as leaders, we are leading the church in song, and almost like in a conversation, there's a response back, and the response should be in praise, in worship, um, in prayer, in truth, uh, not focusing on what's happening around us or who's next to us, um, but only focusing on God. Um, uh, I, I think about the fact that, uh, um, man, like besides the national anthem, which is a different story, but when, when do we sing together in a, in a group, a large gathering? I uh, think about how, uh, especially March and April were some of the hardest months uh, singing to a camera, singing to yeah. uh, empty chairs. Um, and so uh, some of my favorite parts of worship is when when the music dies down and it's just voices. And it's probably overkilled. I do it all the time, but at this point, I don't really care because it's my favorite thing. I love hearing everyone's voices. I mean, we have microphones set up on the stage so that we and the band, we can hear uh, you guys singing. And so... Um, yeah, I, that's part of my favorite things. Also, I think um, uh, we mess up on stage sometimes. We mess up. We're human. We're imperfect. Uh, we serve a perfect God. Um, and it's encouraging that God's praise is not dependent at all upon what we do on stage, although we want it to be excellent, but it's not dependent on that at all. And, um, yeah, that our focus um, should be on God and not ourselves. Yeah. TJ, thank you for leading me in worship. Thank you for your investment in the life and ministry of Fellowship Bible Church. We appreciate you. Grateful you and Sarah are here and thankful for uh, all God is doing in and through you. Amen? Let's praise the Lord for TJ. Thank you, TJ. John 4, 23, I'm getting ready to close here, says a time is coming. It's here now. It's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. You see, the Father's looking for those who will worship him authentically, authentically. And I want to let you know, I'm as crazy as the next guy. I'm as crazy as the next guy dressed in gold and black on a Saturday when the Missouri Tigers score a touchdown, which did not happen yesterday, score a touchdown at Furrow Field. I'm, I'm going to go crazy, but here's what I would say to you. I'm not going to go crazy for a team who uh, doesn't even know my name. I'm not going to go crazy for a team who doesn't know my name and sit silent for the one who made me. I'm going to worship him with all my heart. 
When we are walking with Jesus in worship, we are intentional. We choose to worship. We, I'm going to worship him. I'm entering this room regardless of how I feel, regardless of what I've heard, regardless of what is in my ears or in my head or the conversation I just had in the car. I am going to worship Jesus today. We choose to worship him with everything we have. That simply means I'm going all in. I'm going all in. Hey, you don't have to have perfect pitch to sing and worship to the Lord. Just worship him with all your heart. You'll find a ton of grace here in this room. Worship is thirdly a spiritual act. I choose to follow Jesus. There is a response to Jesus. I'm going to follow him. And today I want to conclude with this thought. Everybody worships something. Everybody worships something. Uh, I was in Texas of a few years back, and I remember standing in this massive arena. There were thousands there, and I watched this guy about seven rows in front of me, and he was, he was like this, and the music absolutely was wonderful and very engaging. He was like this. I watched him. He just leaned back, touched his heart, and he would go like this. He would raise his hand, and then he would raise his hand. He knew every word to every song, and I elbowed my daughter, and I said, you see this guy? And she said, Yeah. Wow, he's really into it. As he continued singing, as he continued lifting his hands, I had to draw myself back to the reality that we were at a Coldplay concert. He was worshiping Coldplay. Wow, we have the opportunity to worship the one true God. Everybody worships something. You see, whatever I worship, hear me now, whatever I worship, I ultimately becomes an obsession with me. Whatever I obsess over, I begin to imitate. And that which I imitate, I then become. I then become. I got a question for you. If you don't like what you're becoming or who you're becoming, maybe we should look at what we're worshiping. Let's pray. Father, today... I'm going to worship you. I'm going to be very intentional about worshiping you. Today, with all my heart, I want to go all in. I want to go all in into your presence. I want to go all in, stepping into your power and the presence of the Holy Spirit and the person of Jesus Christ. I want to reflect not just on the gospel. I want, it to, I want to be obsessed with you and your word. Father, thank you for the opportunity I have to be obsessed with you. I want to imitate you. And uh, Father, I thank you for the privilege of becoming your child. Father, we love you and are grateful that you have drawn us into you and called us to follow you. And in this moment today, Lord, we thank you for the high privilege we have, high, high privilege to fulfill your purpose and to worship you. We set you before us. It's in your precious name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Let's stand as we worship. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about fellowship or how to get connected, visit our website at fbclife.org. And follow us on social media, 417 Fellowship. 